Hi guys, welcome back to Infinite Possibilities, the podcast where we explore the lives of amazing people, their choices, challenges and opportunities. And today I have a very special guest, Chris. Thank you, Karen. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Ah, here it'd be good. Yeah, and so what is your one minute introduction to people when they first meet you? My one minute introduction to people when they first meet me is, hello, how are you? Um, what are you up to? I tend to ask lots of questions about them, uh, to tell you the <laughs> truth, Karen, because I'm, in, I'm generally interested in, in other people. But then um, if people ask about me, I uh, tell them that I've been into the fitness and sport industry. I'm very passionate about that. And um, yeah, I, I, li I like training. Yeah, that sounds good. And CEO of Fit Education. You don't like, you don't like saying CEO? Not really, no. I'm just, a, just another person like everyone else. Um, and I don't, don't like that sort of um, segregation of, of roles. I'm, yeah, if, if I need to take the, um, empty the bins, I'll empty the bins. If I need to sweep the floors, I'll sweep the floors. If I um, ultimately CEO means I'll have to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. That's true, but that's a pretty good attitude to have, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, are um, those people treat you different, right? Maybe. Yeah, I'm the same as same as everyone, and um, yeah, I suppose what I enjoy is we're coming up to Christmas, and everyone's about to go on holidays, and um, I end up doing everyone's job while they go on holidays, and I'll keep the business going. So I, I think that's good because I get to stay grounded and see what's happening. Yeah. Um, with, within our business and yeah, if there's things that aren't working as well as they probably need to be. Yeah, that's pretty good. I love that humble attitude. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll get right into it. So yeah, I just wanted to um, take, like go from the beginning. So in high school, what kind of child were you like? At high school, I was into sport. I loved swimming actually. Swimming was, oh. my, was my sport of choice. I would, um, and I also enjoyed soccer. And I wanted to be an architect when I was at school. That was what I was training for. I was, I was smart academically. I, and, and I think what my sport taught me, swimming in particular, was to work hard. Yeah. I, what I liked about swimming was that when I went training, I could see that I got better. And if I did more training, I got better by more. And so I think that, that was a really good life lesson for me. Um, and that, that, I then applied that to my school as well. Um, and I was fairly smart at school. Um, I was ducks of chemistry and maths. Oh, that's and, so good. Uh, things like that, yeah. So, um, but I think it was the sport that was the learning that if I, was, if I worked hard, I could um, get better or, or do stuff. I don't think I was particularly talented at anything, but I worked hard. Yeah, and what about in terms of personality-wise? If I were to meet you when you were in high school, what would I get? I was quiet. I was a quiet, pretty quiet kid. Um, I had good friends. I, I was uh, I, I was fairly popular at school. Hey. I just I think it was sport. I think sport was the thing that yeah. bought popularity at school. Um, I, I suppose I was I was academic as well, and um, yeah, so I generally got on with with everyone at school, but I wasn't out there, I wasn't a um, party type boy, I was more very conservative and quiet and um, did, the, did the right thing, I was a good boy at school, yeah, yeah I was a good boy. <laughs> That's cool, <laughs> so like if you're, if you're really into sports, how does one think that like, how did you think of like architecture as like a career, because it's quite sedentary like compared to you know, um, being like really out there and active. Yeah, my Parents' dad oh. was an architect, 
So I followed in his footsteps and often when I was studying or, or on school holidays, that was my, how I earned my, to my pocket money. I'd um, yeah, go and work for dad on the, on the weekends and we'd go and measure up um, blocks of land and um, su survey stuff and then I'd help draw stuff and yeah, so I, I helped dad out uh, through school, being, a, being I suppose a drafts person and then thought, well, uh, that's it, I want to be an architect. and. Um, I, well, I suppose that was a motivator at school as well in that I needed good marks to be, get into architecture. So I worked hard for that and, and went to uni to, to study architecture. So yeah, it was dad that was the influence though for my oh. architecture. Did he also like explicitly say that he wanted you to like, no. be an architect? No, my parents were great. They um, didn't push me at all. They said, you, as long as you're happy, um, what you can do, whatever you want. Um, and yeah, I was, I was very, casual and relaxed when I was at school. I think mum, mum referred me to, if, if you, he was any more laid back, he'd be horizontal, is, is how <laughs> I used to, they sort of call me. So I went, yeah, went with whatever was going and um, they would support, I had great parents, they supported me, or have yeah. great parents, they support me in whatever I do and helped me out, um, do whatever I needed to do. So Aww. it's lucky. Yeah. Beautiful parents. Shout out to Chris's parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so at the time when you were helping your dad, um, were you enjoying the work? What was it? Was like, what did you find interesting about it? Maybe. Yeah, I enjoyed the accuracy of it. I think that was. Oh, um, it's a, yeah. It was all hand, hand. Then so you would draw stuff oh on the drawing gosh. board, and um, I enjoyed the accuracy and the the, the, the drawing um, aspect of it. And I was good at that. I suppose at school I really enjoyed graphics as well. Yeah. So that was that type of um, that yeah that accuracy and drawing and um, yeah I, I, I did enjoy that and that was probably one of the reasons I did architecture as well. Yeah, and like what about in terms of sports? Did it ever occur to you that you wanted to like like have a career in sports per se? Good question, Karen. You're asking me the hard questions. Yeah, yeah. It was I was when I was at architecture, so I went through architecture and. While I was doing that, I was still playing sport because I loved it. Oh, I was doing God. swimming, and after swimming, I got into triathlon, yeah. uh, oh, which yes, I loved. I yeah, I loved <laughs> triathlon. Um, and as I was doing uh, architecture, going through that, I was still doing lots of triathlon. And then when I graduated from architecture, I realised when I was sitting in an office doing the bad jobs, the crap jobs you could oh, call it, sucks. I realised that, hey, I want to be physical. Uh, and, and I remember going to my to mum um, and asking, hey, mum, um, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I'm an architect. I've done, studied for six years. Have I wasted my life? I want to do, yeah. I want to be into fitness. And uh, again, mum was great. She said, oh, you can do whatever you want. You're still young. Off yeah. you go. Um, and at the time, I remember the uni debt was a big consideration for yeah, me. Yeah, so. it's a heck lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be paying it off for the next uh, five, six, seven, eight yeah, years. Yeah, so that was a, that she said, no, don't worry, go and have a go, why not? So off I went back to uni and did um, exercise science. And at the time, that's when I wanted to, I had dreams of working with elite athletes and yeah. um, going to the AIS or something like that. Um, however, that, the journey didn't follow as, as, as per plan. But, yeah, we got into, I got into sport and fitness, which was great. 
Yeah, that's cool. So I want to go a little bit more into the architecture. So during those six years, so it was like at the end of the six years, you decided that you wanted to change into um, the exercise? Throughout, yeah, it was at, so I went through architecture and while I was at uni, I was always active at, at uni. I stayed at college at the University of Queensland, um, but I was going to QUT for architecture. Um, and then for the last couple of years of my degree, we got, you had to go work experience. Oh, so, so you went to, placement. Yeah, so you did one, one day of uni and then you worked at a, at a firm for the other four days. And while I was doing that, I was yeah, getting right into triathlon and um, yeah, it was getting fairly successful at that. Um, through to when I finished, when I graduated, I was then working at that same firm for another couple of years. Oh, um, so you did work as an actual architecture for a few years before yeah. changing? Yeah, so I worked for a couple of years as an architect and um, then, yeah, that's when I had the conversation with my mum, um, teary conversation with mum, what am I going to do? And uh, mum, uh, as mums do, give you, give you good advice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Just also want to talk more about like what was it like studying architecture? Did you enjoy the like process of studying it? Oh yeah, I, I, I like studying. Yeah, studying, and that's what we're into now is educating. Um, I, I quite enjoyed learning and um, yeah, improving. I think I think think that's you know enjoy challenging and improving um, myself. So yeah, I, I did enjoy the architecture. I suppose what architecture the first year of architecture was particularly about being creative. Oh. So you had to learn all sorts, yeah, it, was, it was not what I was sort of expecting, yeah. straight lines, it was, it was a lot of creative thinking and um, problem solving. And I, yeah, I'm really grateful I did that because it, I think that's an important skill is problem solving and thinking laterally. Yeah, and also like um, at one point in time, I also had my dreams of being an architect. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. But um, I also did graphics as well in high school. But one of the things stopped me was like each time I had to design a new house, I had no like original ideas. I was I just kept plagiarizing on the internet. So how does how does one come up with new designs? Do, do you have some original ideas flowing or? At the now that I. 10, 20 years on from that, yeah, I think that I have good creativity and, and um, yeah, I've, I've regularly come up with crazy far-flung ideas of, yeah. of businesses throughout my, throughout my life that I've tried to implement that haven't worked out. So, and I put it down to that, um, that getting my brain thinking a bit creatively at, at uni. Yeah. Um, and I think that's continued to develop over time as, um, as I've have done other things that I think that creativity's um, been expanded yeah. and so I, I, I think it's a really important skill and I'm really grateful of studying that at architecture and it's interesting to hear, hear what you say as well because at the start I was very um, bef before I did a lot of that creative stuff I was I enjoyed the simple lines and and wasn't yeah. as probably creative yeah so we did all sorts of things we did life drawing we did um, lots of problem solving, lots of had to put all these collages together and it was right out of my comfort zone. Yeah. But it was good. Yeah. Are you still a good drawer to this day? I can draw. I, <laughs> I'm probably not a good drawer. No, you, 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 yeah. But uh, <laughs> I can, um, if I have to put a plan together, I think I could still put a pretty good plan yeah, together. that's yeah. cool. And when you say you did six years of architecture, so is it like how, like how much is the undergrad and then do you have to do a master's or how does the system work? We had to do, so I did 
it was split into a bachelor of built environment for three years mm. and so you could you could exit there if you wanted with a bachelor nice. of built environment and then it was another three years for your bachelor of architecture yeah. and those uh the second or the second lot of three years was one day of uh university and oh, three yeah. days of work placement yeah. yeah and so you got your hands dirty you were working i was working in an architectural firm in toowoomba yeah. and um, i suppose that also broke me in that yeah. I was, we were doing, a, one of the big projects was a hospital and um, we, yeah, because I was the new kid or the prac student, um, in turn I got to do all the stainless steel sinks in the hospital and do all the details on that and um, oh. it wasn't what I'd, ima what I'd yeah. imagined of architecture and so yeah, that might have been contributed to when I went and said, Mum, I don't want to be an architect yeah. anymore. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting because it was only up to that point in like the sixth or fifth year when you started to doubt yourself like in the first half of the degree did you have any sort of doubts running through your head? No I was an architect I was going to be an architect really? designing amazing buildings and making the world great. Yeah. yeah I mean it is pretty satisfying if you design something and it got built. Oh exactly <laughs> it yeah. Good. Exactly you know we've got a few few little um, projects but nothing as grandiose as I'd imagine, imagined yeah. when you see architects on movies and yeah, yeah in magazines. Yeah and because like um, you said like in the fifth sixth year designing sinks, sinks a bit boring but did you think that like oh maybe I should give it some time like um, obviously they're gonna um, exploit my labor <laughs> not quite the <laughs> current um like the correct terminology but did you think that like oh hey if i stick it out for like two years like i'd get some cool projects i'd be doing i'd be designing what i want um probably yeah I was, i'm always a positive i'm always a um glass half full uh, type of person and look at the bright side of life and so yeah i always thought there was going to be um opportunities there i don't know yeah, I don't know if, if I had a big big plan in terms of where I was going to be as an architect. I, I suppose I just wanted to design buildings. And in my firm that I was working at, I was getting more opportunities um, to, to do, yeah. do those things. But I suppose um, it was, they were few and far between. And yeah, um, yeah probably not what, not, what, not what I wanted. As well, one of, one of the bosses there was, uh, well, wasn't the best people manager you yeah. could say yeah so that probably contributed but oh uh, down deep I think there was also a, a desire for sport and activity and yeah. I suppose it all architecture at that time was also moving from pen and paper to a lot of computer yes and very computerized and so um, yeah I was sitting there on AutoCAD yeah drawing, drawing stuff yeah. <laughs> so, yeah AutoCAD yeah. yeah, and I didn't mind doing it, probably didn't mind doing that, but probably didn't want to do it all the time. I wanted to yeah. use some creative skills. And yeah. yeah, I think computers back then didn't allow you to be as creative as they probably do now. Yeah, was, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, because I was thinking like, could, like Chris, do you think you could have been happy just, you know, doing architecture, but you had, you had all your, um, you had sports as your hobbies, right, at the time. So technically, you didn't necessarily need to transition into like, full-on into sports you could have that sometimes people say that like if you have a hobby don't make it your full-time work because it can really sort of kill the joy per se spot on no I wanted to represent Australia in triathlon at the time that's what oh. that's what I wanted so I was um in the morning I'd go swimming or bike riding or something like that I'd be up at 5 30 and then I'd 
um, go down to, I'd ride my bike into work, park the bike in at work, do my architecture and often sneak out for a run at lunchtime and yeah. then go back and do some more work in the afternoon. Um, and then after work, I'd go for some more training. And so, yeah, well, that was, that was it. I was um, keen for triathlon. <laughs> that was it. Well, it was, it was, and I was more than happy doing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's why, one of the reasons I got into learning more about fitness was because I wanted to find out how to get better at sport, how to, how to train smarter, how yeah. to, how to um, become yeah, good at training. And it was that. So while I was doing all of that, my mum was also teaching Cert 3 and Cert 4 in fitness. Ah, oh, perfect. So that's what, so I did, went and did my, it wasn't Cert 3, Cert 4 in fitness at that time, I was a fitness leader. So yeah. mum was teacher, teaching fitness leader, so I went and did fitness leader and um, that allowed me to be a gym instructor, Ooh. which was great. So when, um, I suppose when I went back to uni for the second time, I, that's, what I, that's how I paid, it. I paid my way through was I was working as a gym instructor. Oh, that's cool. And how, how did you find the work of a gym instructor? Did you enjoy it? Great, yeah, hands on, yeah. Um, and so yeah, I was studying a Bachelor of Exercise Bachelor of, Bachelor of Human Movements it was at the time. Yeah. And yeah, working as a PT um, down at the gym in Jindalee. And yeah, it, it, was, it was great. And, and plus doing my um, training, yeah, training for triathlons at the time as well. Yeah, and if you had to choose between the two, would you rather be training or teaching? Would I be training or teaching? Well, training. I like training, yeah. yeah. Training's, uh, especially when you get to train with your mates, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's amazing. That's cool. And just wondering, how hard was it to go back to uni for the second time? It was a big, yeah, it was a, yeah. It required just a lot of courage. thought, yeah, a lot of courage and, um, yeah, a lot, there was a lot of, lot of thinking uh, involved there and, and that's why I consulted mum who oh. gave me the advice, don't worry, um, off you go. And I remember one of my lecturers in architecture oh, actually no. gave, me, gave me the same advice. As long oh. as you've stopped studying by the time you've hit 40, um, it's okay. Oh. So yeah, I grasped that. That's so cool because I would have expected him to say like, oh, you know, like, what is it that you don't like about architecture? Maybe we can fix it. Maybe you should branch in this field. But he just kind of put his hands off and then just let you go. Off, yeah, off you go. Um, and he was, because at the end of architecture, you asked a question before, how did the architecture course go? We had to do a thesis at the end of it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, no. And I did my thesis on property, how to make money in architecture was what the thesis was. And, and this, this, the same lecture I'm just talking about, he was the, um, he was my supervisor. Yeah. And in, in short, it was prop, build, do your own property development is how you can make money in architecture. Um, and uh, that was his, 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 his advice as I was going is, yeah, as long as you've stopped studying by the time you hit 40, you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's good advice. And I suppose looking at where I am now, it, it's it's good to think that lecturers and some of those casual quotes that they say have an yeah. impact on your life. Yeah, you should thank them one day. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> that would yeah. be cool, right? Yeah, and then so how did you find the degree of studying? What was the full name? Behavioural. Oh, human movement studies. It human was. Yeah, studies. it's now exercise science, and yeah, um, yeah it was great. It was. Um, yeah, I suppose getting your hands dirty on physical exercise and um, one of the great things was going into the anatomy labs and looking at all the, the cadavers, all the dead dead bodies. Ooh, and, yeah. Did it scare you for the first time? 
Oh, I wouldn't say scared. I was probably intrigued about what's going to oh. happen in here. And um, yeah, there was a smell. They, they um, yeah. preserved the bodies with the formaldehyde. So there's this terrible stench as oh. you go in. Yeah. And it was, it was, they were hard subjects because you had to, you, the exam was, you, they had all the, the cadavers lying out on the, on the bench. And you went through, and you, there was a little pin in a certain part of the body, oh. or, or a nerve, or a, or a. I get yeah. And you had to go and on your exam, you had to go and list what it was. Wow. And um, yeah, that was. I, I do remember that was a hard exam um, to pass. So lots, of, <laughs> lots of study went into into that. But yeah, it was it was one of the best learning things, experiences that I've, I've had, and it was the practicality, and that's what that's what. What I oh, do now is all true. about it's the it's the practical learning of of doing stuff that that, that it reinforces everything, yeah. um, and so yeah, seeing a one of the lasting um, lessons that I had from that anatomy class was when I saw someone who'd exercised for their whole life yeah. versus someone who hadn't exercised uh, and the cadaver. Yeah. And so the person who ec had exercised had these big, strong bones. You could yeah. see with, with strong attachment points on oh. where the muscles attach on. And they had big, big strong muscles and not much body fat around. Oh. And you could see strong tendons and strong, oh. strong um, uh, ligaments and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Whereas the person who didn't, hadn't exercised, had really weak bones and had yeah. Um, a lot of body fat around it and, and oh. yeah, so you could physically see it and that was something that stuck with me and still sticks with me and I still teach in my classes is, yeah. is exactly that, the, yeah. the, the benefit of exercise on, on your body. Yeah, that's crazy. It must be quite confronting to see the stark difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, damn. And then so after, you know, after finishing the degree, feeling pretty good about yourself, what, what's happening, what's running through your mind in terms of careers? At that time, I still wanted to be uh, involved in elite sport. Yeah. I wanted to be training the Broncos or yeah. down at the AIS training the triathlon team. Um, that was after I'd represented Australia at triathlon. I wanted that. That was my yeah. That's yeah. yeah so, um, Whoa, so that you was got in to, it. You represent Australia. I did represent Australia at um, triathlon, just at an age group level. Yeah, um, and so sick. we went around to a number of world championships around uh, around the world, which was which was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I went went and competed at um, in the, as an Accenture series um, around Australia, which was really good. And yeah. so I got to race all the, the, the best best triathletes, uh, definitely in Australia and, and around the world, which was amazing. Yeah, and where did that fit in your timeline? Was that during your second degree or? Yeah, that was second degree. So when I was, um, I yeah. I was, probably crazy. I was training in the morning, go off to uni, do off to PT, running a PT yeah. job and do more training and um, sort of juggled all that together uh, somehow. And yeah, yeah, in hindsight, I was, yeah. I burnt out? Yeah, well, not burnt out, but I probably, what I teach now is recovery and <laughs> I didn't give myself every, the best shot by doing yeah. too much. Um, but yeah, I'll probably... I'm probably a better coach as a result of it because um, yeah, I've, I've yeah, done all the dumb things and so yeah. I can tell others don't be not like to do me. it. Yeah, don't do that. That wasn't the smartest idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then so once you graduated, did you instantly go looking for a job? And what kind of jobs did you look for? Well, that's a good question. So while I was continuing to study, 
I sort of realised that jobs at the AIS and Bron Brisbane Broncos strength yeah. and conditioning were few and far between. Yeah. And as well as investing more time into triathlon than probably my study. Yeah. Um, yeah, my grades weren't as good as they probably were when I was when I was doing younger. Architecture. Yeah, doing architecture. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I realised. Well, maybe I'm not going to make it. Make the cut. And so oh. I, tr I transitioned to be, well, I'll be a PE teacher. Yeah. So I um, did the extra unit or extra studies to become a PE teacher. And that's what I ended up doing at the end of that Bachelor of Human Movements. It was a specialisation in education. And so I went and became a PE teacher. Um, and I worked out at Forest Lake and Woodcrest College at um, Springfield Ooh, Lakes, which was, which was great. And while I was doing all of that, I was still doing, I had good PT business over yeah. at, um, over at Jindalee and kept on doing that as well. And that worked really well. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was busy and I was still training at the time as well, doing triathlons. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. You really keep your life really full. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy, enjoy the physicality and I always think, even now, I still have to train. It, it makes you healthy. Makes you if yeah. you're not training. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, and what was the experience of being a PE teacher, like teaching kids? I'm sure, there would have been a lot of gamification, and how you teach adults would be quite different. Yeah, keeping. I think keeping it fun yeah. um, was in very important. Keeping it fun, yeah. and yeah, you 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 had to look at the group of students you had in front of you and what was motivating them. And they were the practical kids who probably weren't suited to English and maths and the yeah. academic subjects. They're the ones that uh, were in PE. And, and typically, the, I suppose, bad kids yeah. at school, they're the, they're the coolest kids in your PE class yeah, because yeah. They're, they're being active out <laughs> in the oval. And yeah, so I, I had really good rapport. Um, with those kids, and I'm still friends with with some of them oh, um, really out in the world, and and I've got good stories about um, a lot of those kids that I taught, and and I could quite easily still um, be a PE teacher. It was yeah. a it was a great job. Yeah. And did you find like there were some students that like didn't want to exercise, that didn't like, or maybe felt embarrassed? So how do you sort of help those kind of students? That's a yeah, it's it's good, and I was just telling a story to my class in here today, my PE ah. teacher class, about <laughs> one of my favourite clients, um, LL, lovely Lyrian, it's short oh. for the PT clients this is, yeah. and the experience that she had in PE, and I, I teared up actually as I was telling oh. this um, story, and, and I'm not, not ashamed of that at all, but yeah, so Lyrian came to me, she got sent to me by the doctor, and she had had a bad experience in her PE class, yeah. which basically... Um, stopped, she, she then avoided exercise for the rest of her life. Oh. And she deconditioned and detrained herself that she couldn't do life anymore. She struggled to get up out of chairs and yeah. struggled to get up the stairs and um, do all that, yeah, just do life. And so she was looking at going into having, uh, needing a carer and, and she oh, wasn't okay. old enough. Yeah. And so the doctor said, well, Lyrian, you've got two choices. You can get a carer or you can go and do something about your fitness yeah. so she went and joined the gym 
And yeah. luckily we had a mutual friend who said, well, go and see Chris at, at the gym, which was nice. Yeah. And so Leary and I, so Leary and left um, her home to come to the gym for that first time. And she oh. drove halfway there, yeah. drove home again, drove to the gym, sat in the car park until she built up the courage to walk through the front door oh. of, the, of, the, um, of the office. And I could see she was petrified. She yeah. was quivering and shaking and oh. uh, yeah, absolutely petrified. So Lyrian, um, I could see that. So um, at that time I had hair, yeah. blonde curly hair. And so I wasn't, yeah, I didn't sit, <laughs> sit, sort of sit across the table. <laughs> Still, didn't sit across the table like this sort of that scary gym instructor. I tried oh. to make it as comfortable as I could yeah. for, um, for Lyrian. And um, we chatted about all the, the, night, the, the things in Lyrian's life and I did a little bit of exercise and, and anyway, I suppose where that story goes is, is Lyrian trained with me for 15, 20 years and, and turned her life around um, so that she could do the things that she um, wants to do. So she went over to see her grandkids get married in Hawaii oh, and, um, and, and she never loved exercise, but she would come to the gym religiously two or three times a week and she helped out around the gym. Yeah. So it was that, I suppose, Relating that back to the, the question you asked about um, how did you motivate pe the, 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 the unmotivated kids, I was very aware of um, exactly that. Lyrian had a bad, ex bad experience in, in class at PE, and yeah. so she avoided exercise the rest of her life. That's crazy. So f the fun factor was always important in, yeah. my, in my classes. And, a lot of, and also the energy you needed to, as a teacher, you need to provide the energy and often get involved yeah. and have a go <laughs> with that. And you need to understand where some of the kids in your class are, are coming from with um, why aren't they? Why doesn't that kid want to yeah. train today? And that, yeah, again, there's so many different factors that are at play when, when a kid's yeah. Um, at school, who knows what else is happening in their in their life? Um, so you need to be very aware of that. And uh, again, I go back to my uni and the things that I learnt there. I had fantastic teachers who were re really good at um, developing that, and um, yeah, and learning. And so I was very aware of um, trying to yeah talk to every student in my class. And, and understand yeah. and develop that rapport. Oh, that's mm. really cool. Yeah, and then so um, you taught, um, it was, was a high school, was it primary school? High school, yeah. High so school. I was a PE teacher and I also had science. And you so typically, you taught science? Taught science. They typically oh. gave me the dumb, they'd give me the dumb, the, the rugby, rugby, rugby science class. Yeah. But <laughs> so I quite enjoyed doing, doing a bit of science with the, yeah. with the rugby team as well. Yeah. yeah and we, Again, was try and make it practical and um, yeah. make it as fun as you could for those those students. They were never going to be scientists, but yeah. they still needed to learn the the, the, yeah. the basics of that. Yeah. Well, I'm just I've just finished reading a book called Range, and one oh. of the things that um, it talks about that I that I really agree with is that in education to the and, and it sits well with my training philosophies that the more someone struggles in something the better you learn something. Oh. So if you um, 
and, and this is, I, I think that um, my education, I studied hard when I, wanted, when I needed to, to have an exam, I studied hard. And so a lot of that information stuck with me, I think. And, yeah. and I str probably struggled with it, but it yeah. made me learn it. And so one of the things that I'm aware of, I suppose now as a, as a teacher, is that if you give kids the answers, if you make it too easy, then they're not gonna, it might, you might yeah. get instant gratification at the start. Look at my class, they're doing really well. But long term, they're not going to be, or get as much out of it. So I think there's a, there is a line there between having all fun and games and, and actually setting some targets and some challenges and um, making kids follow through with hitting those challenges and targets. And so there's, a, there's yeah. a balance there, it's a balancing act. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard to design a course where there are people of all different ages and like when some levels are higher and how do you sort of find that like middle ground of like, oh, this should give them enough challenge but shouldn't be too challenging but it's not too easy when you have like a class or do you, or do you like separate them into like further categories of, I, I don't know what you would say, like medium, high, low. Sounds like you've, you've got it all sorted there. Nah. Okay, yeah, you've got it <laughs> sorted. Um, no, you've, yeah, there's a number of different ways. You can either put, pair the good, the better students with the not so good oh, students. That's one way. That. Yeah, okay. and you can get the better students to help the not so good students. Or you can, like you said, um, pair the better groups together and the not, not so talented groups together. It all depends what you're, um, what you're trying to work at. I think you've got to set, and when you're setting goals, if you set the goal too easy, yeah. people get bored. Yeah. If you set the goal too hard, people give up. Give up. <laughs> so the, an 80% mark, if you have yeah. where they get, get, get the thing, achieve it 80% of the time, yeah. then you're about right. And obviously if you've got people with different, different abilities, yeah. everyone has a different 80%. Yeah. And so it's about, uh, again, I think that the key to success here and it's probably looking at your last question as well, is building that rapport with your class and the people that you're working with and understanding why they're sitting there. Yeah. And that's what's good about PT and teaching yeah. is you're dealing with people yeah. and yeah, working with people and, and understanding that I think is, is very rewarding. Yeah. And do you sort of cap the classroom size at a certain level? Not really. I, if, if someone wants to study and learn, I'm happy yeah. to try and work it in. Once you do get classes too big, you start to lose a bit of that rapport. Yeah. And so that's where, I suppose, in my current position, we get two teachers on to, to split the class into two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I don't necessarily like to say, no, you can't do something for yeah. someone who wants to do it. It's about, probably about facilitating at the top end, um, yeah, that yeah, you, you don't want to, a class that's too big. Yeah. And, it, and it's because you lose that personal contact. Yeah, it reminds me of university lectures. <laughs> oh, how many, do you, how many do you have in there? I think, I think they can be like, I don't know, 50, 60. Yeah. There, there is just like a lot. And yeah. you never, never build that rapport with your lecturer, do you? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like a one-to-many relationship sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. And that's, I think that's hard, but one of the hard things with online learning, which is where it's yeah. going now, is yeah. this, one of the keys, I think, to successful online learning is going to be how do you keep that rapport and that relationship with, with students? Yeah. 
that's yeah. probably another po Especially podcast. Especially when you can't can. see them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you when you can't see them. So, yeah, I think however that online thing works, it needs to um, cover off on those. Uh, cover off on that. Yeah, that's cool. And yeah, and then after PT, like being a PE teacher, like what happened next? So as I, so, I was working at Woodcrest College. Yeah, Woodcrest College. Um, being a PE teacher out there, I was also working still at Jindalee in the gym. And um, I was also being a triathlete. And then Steve Nance, who was at Jindalee, he, he, he'd set up FitNance. And he said, hey, Chris, um, I've got an opportunity over here. Do you want to come and work for me over here teaching Cert 3, Cert 4 fitness? And while well, I do some other stuff. So I said, oh, I'm in. Yeah. And so I started, I moved my business from Jindalee, the gym there, to FitNance in, in um, New Farm. And I suppose that developed to a role where, okay, Steve, Steve got a job over at Fulham Football Club mm. to coach them. So he had to move overseas and needed someone to run his business. So he said, well, Chris, you in for it? So I said, okay, done. Wow. So yeah, I had to pause my teaching and yeah. took that up full time. And in that role, yeah, that was a, that was, I learned to learn a lot of stuff there. I was, had to run a business. Yeah. And... Yeah, I didn't have much, I had a little bit of experience, but not a lot of experience at yeah, that. That's cool. And I'm also kind of curious at the time, how hard or how easy was it for you to quit? Like whenever I'm making decisions, I have a lot of hesitation, like, oh, should I? Like, I don't know if I like, like it that much or what I'm leaving behind. So was it like, oh man, I, I'm full on, like I, I'm like done with teaching for the moment. No, I'm a, I, I don't, oh, yeah, I'm, I resist change, I suppose. Yeah. The older I get, the better at change I think I'm getting, but at, particularly oh. when I was young, I was I was yeah very reluctant yeah. to change, and um, so there was lots of there was a lot of thinking, and I suppose what helped is I was in the education Queensland system, yeah. and they allowed you to put your teaching on pause for many years, oh. up to seven years, I think. Wow. So I I had that I always had that safety, safety net. net. If I don't like this, I can go back and. Um, be a teacher as, again if it doesn't work oh, that's but cool. I never went back yeah <laughs> and, and yeah and and um, if I look at it I'm really grateful for, for for that opportunity and yeah, yeah. Um, grateful for where I am yeah and do you remember that like last semester that you taught was it very emotional for you or any kind of specific memories person? not really no but again I'm really like my story with Lyrian, I'm still in touch with some of the yeah. some of those students that were in my class, and yeah. I still see see them out there doing amazing things in the world. Um, yeah. And uh, the fact I, I'd like to take that um, as a pat on the back in that they are they do still talk to me, and, and um, yeah, yeah um, they still want to be in contact. With still you, want to be in contact with me. Yeah, I think oh, that's it says amazing. a lot yeah. about you. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I think that just generally teachers, I think, have yeah. a have a, can have a big impact on the world. That's hmm. cool. And then, so, and then how did you transition into fit education? How did that come back? Well, so, yeah, I was working for, I was lucky there. I had Steve, who was the fitness guru, yeah. and um, Pat McGuire as the businessman they owned, and, and Barry Cox, they owned Fit Nance. Yeah. And um, Pat and Steve brought Barry out at one stage, and then, yeah. and I was the manager. Yeah. And then, um, Pat, Pat brought Steve out, so it was Pat, and Pat put me on as a, as a um, 
part owner as well at that cool. time. So I was managing and part owning. And then at one stage, Pat said, I'm, 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 in, I'm out. Oh. Do you want to buy this, buy this business? I said, well, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a go at this. And that was a very confronting conversation, though, yeah. um, and Karen. That they, um, Pat said, well, the, the process is going to be, let's go, we're going to go down to the a business valuer and they're going to value the business Ooh. and then we'll, you own half of it, so it's half of what it's valued at. Yeah. And so off we went to this big meeting in the, in the big city and, um, yeah, they valued the business and um, it was way more than I was expecting. Oh, it, yeah, it was $80,000 that I had yeah. to come up with and um, Pat said, okay, well, I'll guarantee your loan for that if you like. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, it was scary at the time and I was very resistant to change at the time, yeah. but um, I went ahead with it and paid off the loan. And yeah, now I'm uh, yeah owner of a business, which, yeah. which, which is good, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So you said it was called Fitnance and then you changed it to Fit Education. Yeah, so what happened, uh, is in 2015, so we moved from New Farm to East Brisbane yeah. and we set up our shed uh, in East Brisbane, which was amazing. It was great. <laughs> it was this big warehouse and we had all sorts of great people coming in and we had a gym and we had the, the RTO aspect of it and it was going really well. And then we went, we had a fire. So oh, oh, no. it was terrible. What happened is the neighbour's place, or Energex was in there doing their stuff and it burnt down, yeah, the, the, the neighbours caught on fire and took us out. Damn. And so, um, yeah, I suppose, that, so what, what happened there, I had some soul searching to do and learned yeah. some more business lessons then in that um, I didn't have my insurance policies worked out properly. Yeah. So yeah, so there was uh, some big learnings in life there. Yeah. And so we moved over to where we are now. And at the time we, we changed the name because we were getting calls on, um, Fitnance sounds like finance. So we oh, get people phoning up, what about, can we get some uh, loans? So yeah. we said, well, let's just make it as obvious as, as we can. Uh, um, and what do we do? Fit Education. Fish. So we changed the name to Fit Education. Yeah. Which do you know great. why it was called Fitnance? Well, Steve Nance set it up, so it was Fit Nance. Yeah. Oh, what a name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I learned a lot off Steve, and I learned a lot off, off um, Pat as well. Um, yeah, probably some of the, yeah, Pat, he was the businessman and uh, yeah, I probably wasn't so good at business. So he yeah. um, taught me some, some good business lessons that I probably didn't like at the time, but yeah, yeah look, look back on now and think, oh, well, yeah, he was probably right. Yeah, I needed to pay some bills and do some more invoicing and do those hard, hard business yeah. decisions, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, and how long has it been since you've been running the education? Uh, 2010, I think that happened. Whoa. So yeah, t 11 years now yeah. and going. And yeah, so since then we burnt down, we relocated <laughs> um, and we've, we've uh, done some good government. We've, we've got some good government. Um, yeah, I suppose improved our status. We've got international school now. We've got um, vet student loan funding and yeah, we've got a lot of extra courses on scope and some really good projects, so yeah. Yeah, oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, and how has it, um, how, like, how many people was it in the beginning and how many people is it now? Like, what has the growth been like? Well, at the start it was me. Just you. And then we had a prac student, Tanya, yeah. who uh, worked, worked with us and we put Tanya on full time eventually. Yeah. So there's two of us. Um, oh, I didn't expect it to be that tiny. Yeah, yeah. and then we, we just kept growing, I suppose. And yeah. it was, that's how I put my, generally put my staff on was, um, yeah. we'd introduce a new person in, um, and they were generally my prac students. So yeah. people we were training or people who had worked with us and say, here, we've got some extra work. Do you want to do some work with us? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose at the peak, we had five or six, probably six full-time staff yeah. and another six part-time staff. And that was just, the peak was when, when we burnt down. So we were, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which was a bit of a shame. And um, anyway, after that, when we burnt down, we had to restructure a bit of stuff and, um, make some changes so we took out the commercial gym component and, and decided to focus on the um, education side of things. Yeah. Oh, damn. And that, that was a big decision because the gym was, oh, that's the, everyone loves the gym, it's the fun bit. Yeah. But um, it, if I looked at financially from a business point of view, it didn't um, pay, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, a lo it was lo lost money and that was propped up by the, by the education. So we had, that, that was a hard decision to make, and um, but it needed to be done. You're, you're studying business, so yeah. when you've studied business, you know the hard <laughs> you're to make the hard calls sometimes. Yeah, I guess if the gym isn't really generating that much revenue compared to the education, then if you're short on finances, something has to go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. oh, damn. Yeah. So how did you sort of, um, what was the sort of like coping point when when the business burnt down, like, did you ever have that thought, like, oh, maybe I should just leave it? You know, maybe this is a sign from God. <laughs> At the time, no, I was probably resilient. No, I'm going to get yeah. this damn thing um, yeah. back up. Yeah. And yeah, so I probably never thought about that. There are times, don't get me wrong, there are times when I think, what yeah. the hell's the point of all yeah, this? Yeah. There are times when you think, oh, geez, yeah. when, yeah, well, so many problems, what, is it worth yeah. it all? But at, no, at the time after the fire, I was um, more determined than ever to um, get, yeah, to, to, to rebuild, I suppose, yeah. and, and, um, and do it. And I was, I was really lucky. I had great support from lots and lots of yeah. people. All my friends stepped up and helped out yeah. um, in, that, in that process. And, and you yeah, have people came from everywhere saying, can oh. I help you? Can, can, we, can we do it? Um, and yeah, I had people come and help paint this and yeah. clean this and because where we're sitting now used to be a poker poker machine room. Oh, very and it nice. It needed to be painted and um, yeah. yeah, yeah, completely redone. So everyone helped in and had um, other friends come in and, and mentor me on business and help help with business and yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm very grateful to all those people that, that helped out through that. That's cool. Uh, Did you have to loan a lot of money to be able to rebuild it again? No, I was, I was fine. Yeah, the insurance obviously didn't step up. But again, one of my really good clients yeah. helped, stepped in and um, helped me, advised me with how to handle that insurance claim yeah. and um, got the maximum, helped me get the maximum amount of um, oh, money we could. Yeah. And then since then, we've obviously uh, yeah, checked our insurance policies and have got a better uh. insurance. But, <laughs> Um, no, I never, um, 
wanted to, 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 to give up. Um, and no, I didn't have to, we, we were in a financially very good position when we did burn down, so yeah. I hadn't had enough um, reserves to... Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I'm, I suppose you're, you're in the business, I'm, I'm fairly conservative as a business person, yeah. I always like to have some buffer there to yeah. um, fall back on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then, so tell me more about the times when you think, like, what's the point of all this? Because, like, it's been 10 years and, like, wait, like, like, in terms of frequency, do you think it's, like, five times a year or is that a bit too much or...? No, probably five times a year is a good guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. It's when, yeah, when there's, um, yeah. you hear Sunday night, Sunday night and there's a class started tomorrow and yeah. you're putting the bins out and um, doing the class timetable and doing all that stuff and you say, what's the... What's the oh, point of this? Well, yeah, I'm doing doing all this stuff. Yeah. Um, they're probably the times, or when the, you get kicked in the teeth. Uh, yeah, um, the government often makes moves the goalposts on you, oh, and, that's and nice. you've spent a year working on something. To those goalposts, when they get moved to somewhere else, you think, what, what, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Why, why? And so, yeah, I did. At, at, at times, I've tried. I've, I've deliberately set my business up so that. There's a number of different income streams, so yeah. that if th something does move, um, the goalposts do get moved, then it's resilient enough. There's other things that can step yeah, in. Um, so that's a good, good learning, I think. And at, at one stage, I remember we were very reliant on some government funding, and they moved the goalposts, and yeah. that took half of our income out. And so, yeah, we were quite exposed. So, um, I yeah. We changed that. That's yeah, the, the next ten years. I've spent banking, having a wide variety of income streams, yeah, which is good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Chris, what is the point? <laughs> how do you sort of like when you ask that question? Do you sort of yeah? How do you sort of answer yourself in some ways? That's a hard question, Karen. But yeah. <laughs> I think that when when I kick the bucket, yeah. I'd just like to be thought of as a good person yeah. who had a red hot crack. Yeah. Yeah, and, ha and had fun. Yeah. And I think that, I suppose I can see, well, yeah, I enjoy all the things that I do at the moment. Yeah. Um, some, some things I enjoy more than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you, everyone has to do stuff they don't like doing sometimes. It's, it's and I, but I think that I, I can see that working with the people, the people that I get to, to teach and, and work with, they can go and make a really good influence and spread um, fitness and health, um, which I'm really passionate about. Yeah. They can go and have a big influence on other people. And so, yeah, I, I think that's what I'd like to be. Um, well, what, that's the point, that's, that's the purpose, is to have a, um, yeah, continue to spread the good word of health and fitness um, and, yeah, be a good person, do the right thing by everyone. Yeah, that's cool. I'm also kind of curious, digging more into about like the work of a CEO. Yeah, so if we were to think of like a sort of pie chart, like how would you like, what percentage is like, I don't know, paperwork, what percentage is teaching, training, and like, what is the sort of division? Good question, Karen. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. have to need to think about that. CEO, no, well, I suppose, there's probably what should be done as a CEO and what I do as a CEO, and they're probably quite different. Um, and I still, we're, we're a fairly small business. We are a small business. Yeah, how many and, people here? Uh, we've got four, three full-time staff, and then we've got four or five part-time staff. Yeah. So we're small. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so I suppose being small, you need to be a jack of all trades still. And oh, CEO, yeah. if I need to take the bins out, I take the bins out. Yeah. If I need to teach a class, I teach a class. If I need to train someone in the gym, I train someone in the gym. And yeah. I think it's that variety that I really enjoy, actually, Karen. Yeah. Oh. Um, I do, yeah, I, I've got no problems um, cleaning the toilets or, yeah, um, yeah do, doing the dishes or what, whatever those jobs are. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's probably to my detriment in that am I, it takes you away from probably the most important things. Yeah. So but you probably a question, what's the CEO's job? It's yeah. to make sure the business can run and make sure yeah. that everyone else can do their job properly. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I've got to make sure that the bills get paid. I've got to make sure that the, the um, RTO quality aspects are taken care of. And yeah. um, I need to make sure that my staff are able to do their job and, and able to do their job well, and they've got all the tools they need to. Yeah. Uh, they're, the, they're, they're probably the most important jobs. And yeah. if you take your eye off any of those, then the business Class. starts to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part about being CEO? <laughs> Uh, I still like the sport and fitness side yeah. of things, yeah, I suppose. And that, I have to be very aware of that, that you can't be... I like training people and I have to stop training people yeah. so that I concentrate on running the business. You need to work on your business rather than in your businesses. Yeah. Some famous... You, yeah, you probably yeah. taught me that at all. You probably learned that at business school. <laughs> yeah. I wish and I'd And you'd tell me that. that. <laughs> you'd probably, you would tell me that, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. So if what you like most is working in the business, have you ever thought about like if you were able to quote hire another CEO to do the boring admin kind of work for you? Yes. Wouldn't that give you a better life? Yes, it would, Karen. And uh, one day, that that's the dream, is someone else does the hard work and um, yeah. I get to do the, 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 the fun Good parts stuff. of it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I don't think our business is quite there yet to, to do that. But um, yeah, down the track, that's that's what, what I'd like to think it's where, where I'd like to think it's heading. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it'd be quite hard to find someone who knows it as well as you do. Yeah, well, there's yeah, there's so many moving parts, but yeah. I think you I think one of the things, imp other important things in business is that no one's irreplaceable. So yeah, yeah, you, 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 anyone can do anything. Anyone can do anything. One of the hard things I, I think about having your own business is the attachment and um, will other people do it as well as yes. you do it. Yes. Um, and it, it's, it's one of those um, things, you know, you want to, you need to empower and enable other people to do yeah. parts and things, but sometimes it's the training process of other people, teaching other people stuff, sometimes it's easy just for you to do it. Yeah. If you do yeah. it though, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're not yeah. teaching someone else to do it. Yeah, I guess it's a very sort of long-term versus short-term kind of thinking. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I probably, I'm not, not an expert at that. I, I probably yeah. um, end up doing stuff when I probably should get other people to do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, uh, hopefully I'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, one of the other things that I value in being a, my position is that I've got lots of other great, successful people around me that um, help help and give advice. Yeah. I, I, I'm always asking my staff or, or my wife yeah. or or um, friends about what what would you do? What do you do here? How do you handle this? And yeah, yeah I'm lucky that I get always get good advice. Yeah. I make the decision in the end, but 
I get good advice from other people to, to help make those decisions. So yeah. I think that's um, pretty important. Yeah, and know. having that like support network. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think I think one of my favourite quotes, actually, Karen, I'm oh, going on a yes. separate thing, is you're the average of the five people oh, you hang out with. Yeah, yeah. and good. I think that if you hang out with, um, yeah, I'm lucky. I've got to hang out with lots of great, successful people, and yeah, um, yeah I, I've always sought out. I think successful or, or my friends are all successful in their own right yeah. and so I think um, yeah that that's made my life easier and, and allowed me to do whatever I've done yeah that's cool and also wanted to touch on imposter syndrome how do you feel about that how did it how do you sort of like deal with it manage it tell me about a bit more imp about imposter syndrome yeah. before I talk about something that's yeah. um, probably wrong Karen. <laughs> all good so imposter syndrome is like when you feel like um, it's almost like being a little bit like you feel like you're inexperienced, you feel like maybe you don't deserve it or maybe you feel like it's sort of almost like feeling like like out of your league because you said that in the beginning where like you know you weren't really sure like how to run the business and then like suddenly like you know you were the business owner and then especially um, it's a lot harder like when there are people who look up to you to ask you what to do especially when you have full-time staff. So how do you sort of manage it, like feeling like out of your depth a bit? Because, you know, yeah. I think I've always, there's never a time when I've thought I can't do this. It's never, yeah. I've, I'm always willing to, willing to have, a, have a go. And I think that's a, a strength of mine. I'll, I'll yeah. have, a, have, a, have a go. Yeah. But when I don't know, I'm not afraid to ask yeah. other people how to do stuff and, and um, yeah, again, if I don't, if that person doesn't know, they may know someone that knows and I'll phone yeah. that person up to ask them. And I've, you know, always have to do that. So I suppose yeah. I, I ask questions is when I don't know how to do stuff. I'm not, I, I, I don't, I've never thought that I can't do yeah. something. I'll, I'll have a go and um, I'll try my best. Yeah. yeah, so I suppose, I hope I've answered your question there. Yeah. Um, Karen, yeah, I'll have a Just go have and a go. ask questions. Don't think too much. Don't think too much about it. Yeah, do, do the best you can and um, ask questions. And yeah, I, anything I do, I like to do the best I can. So um, I like to think that's better than, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's worth it, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because sometimes when I'm doing this podcast, major imposter syndrome, like, especially when um, I like interview some people and they have some recommendations and then when I start looking at their profile and they're like famous and and then I'm like oh I don't even really know what I'm doing and I'm just making it up as I go so I hope that they don't have like a high expectation of me. Uh, one of the people they're like oh they were like a little bit like disappointed I didn't have a studio well because they thought like I was like um no sorry I just like record on my phone no. and yeah yeah so but that's kind of um yeah just a good attitude maybe don't overthink it <laughs> oh, I think it's awesome what you're doing yeah. Yeah, I think it's really great and um yeah Katarina was asking what are you doing a podcast to Karen and, yeah. and Karen Katarina listened to your podcast and yeah. said yeah great oh. great job wow have a look at her having a go and that's oh. that's it we, yeah. we think it's she great so supportive yeah, yeah. having we're having a red hot crack um, is is what it's about, and um, yeah, I'm sure that as you keep doing it, you'll you'll uh, yeah your, your follower base grows, and then all of a sudden oh. there you are, being a fit yeah a business entrepreneur who's, oh, who's no. uh, yeah 
um, doing it. It, it. Yeah, I'm, that's one thing I'm always amazed at with all the people we work with is yeah. where they end up and, um, yeah, I think that, that's that hard work and having a go yeah. um, is the key and, yeah, yeah, talked about me but talk about you, yeah, you're having a red hot crack and <laughs> I'm sure you'll go a long way, Karen. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah, so we're nearly around the end, so could I ask you that deep question. So, Chris, to you, what do you think the meaning of life is? What do I think the meaning of life is? I say that to buy me some time, Karen. Yeah, um, I know, right? <laughs> well, one of my favourite sayings, Karen, is champions train, losers complain. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose reading into that, I, th I, think, I think that's some meaning of, of life is to have a, have a red hot crack and, um, yeah, go and be a good person. And I, I suppose that's what champions train, losers complain is about, go and go and get in and, and do it yeah. and do the right thing um, yeah. and along the way have have a good time yeah oh, that sounds good yeah and what would be your perfect day in the life for you perfect oh good my perfect day is and it's you know what's not far off what I do at the moment um, minus a bit of the hard decisions mm. but yeah I, I like I, every morning I wake up and go training First oh, thing, I can't, I can't train every day. If I'm going to teach fitness, I need to practice what I preach, Karen. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. And so I go training, whatever it is. At the moment, it's a lot of the bike riding and gym. Yeah. I always try and do something. So I go out on the bike and then I try have breakfast at home. Then I try and be in here at 7. Yeah. If my perfect day, I'd probably push that out to 9. Yeah. Um, do office at my perfect day would be involved training lots of people i'd yeah. like to um do some training in here probably have some chats sit, sit around have a drink some coffee have some chats yeah. uh read a book yeah um finish three o'clock i think i'd i think i'd still always like some work but yeah. it, probably the work that i'd prefer to do rather than doing ceo business government stuff government yeah. pushing paper around the office <laughs> is is that it would be more it would look more like creative writing fitness resources um uh, that type of thing as well as uh, I, I still like the hands-on tools yeah knock off at three go training again wow. um, hang out with my wife and uh, eat a healthy dinner yeah uh maybe have a couple drinks and watch a movie yeah oh. go to bed that's cool perfect day and so it's not i'm not far off it Karen, so yeah. I'm very grateful for where I'm at. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And it's just really that simple sometimes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. In fact, when you say that word simple, I think, I think uh, it is. And, and um, life is pretty simple. And where, when I've gone wrong, it's because I've made it too complicated. Uh, yeah. It is simple. It's have a go and be good. And lift your weights, eat your vegetables, yeah. get your sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have good friends around you. Yeah, that's the recipe for a good life. Yeah, so we're pretty much at the end of the podcast, but I have to ask you, how has your podcast experience been? Any surprises? You asked a couple of hard questions, but you worded me up a little bit earlier. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't really um, drop the ball too much, I don't yeah. think. Uh, it's been great. You've, you've made it really easy. And I think, Karen, one of your strengths is you're easy to talk to. You ask, oh, ask my questions really? and, yeah, you got me talking for, for an hour. So, for now, yeah, 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 we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's say bye now. Bye. Bye.